Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive of Young Enterprise, and welcome to Series 3 of Enterprising Mindsets, Minding Your Money. We'll be exploring the often overlooked role that mindset plays in building financial capability and the significant benefits to be gained from understanding the impact our attitudes, beliefs and values have on our behaviours around money. I'm hoping we'll discover new ways to help young people build a money-related mindset and also explore the contribution that this could have in increasing social mobility in the future. Now then, my guest today is Emmy Dent. She's a TikTok finfluencer with over 140,000 followers. She's obsessed with mortgages, dogs and camping. We'll find out a little bit more about that in a minute. She owns and manages a company called Arise Financial, whose aim is to allow everyone to have a no-nonsense, real human advice, regardless of your background. Emmy, my 18-year-old son is quietly impressed with your um combined TikTok following of 140,000. We'll discuss that in a minute, but welcome to Minding Your Money. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. We've got loads of great (laughs) questions. Are you ready? Yes, I am very ready. Okay. So firstly, if someone is not used to TikTok as an online platform or know anything about what it does, particularly as a provider of education, can you just describe it? So there's an app like there would be for Instagram or Facebook. And essentially what it is, is short videos um, that you kind of just flick through and watch. Some are just people talking, some are dance moves or cute dogs. Um, but what it does is it basically when you engage with a video, it then gives you more of those types of videos. So it's almost tailored to your personal preferences. And that's kind of the appeal of it, really. And so if you were on there searching for financial advice, it would then start to, the algorithm start to kind of give you that kind of content. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So if you're like looking for a certain thing, you like comment on that video, the algorithms do just kind of give you more of similar things, really. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the videos are very short, aren't they? Yeah. So there's... um. Any, you can record whatever you want, but the longest now is three minutes, but most of them are about 45 seconds. Before we talk about your role as uh, an early adopter of TikTok, I'd just love to go back and, and talk to you about what were your first early memorable influences around uh, money and what formed your, informed your attitude and mindset around money? From being around six or seven, I was very aware that we didn't have a lot of money. Um, And the main kind of memory I've got is when you're writing your Christmas list from the Argos catalogue, I was very aware not to pick very expensive things because I knew that we didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) So what was it it that made you so aware? What's it that kind of stood out? I'm unsure. I'm unsure how it was ever mentioned to us, but stuff like... um, don't eat the bread too quick because it's got to last a certain amount of time and things like that um, just obviously built up the acknowledgement that we didn't have a lot of money. But mm. for as, as long as I can remember, I knew yeah. that we didn't. Don't switch the immersion eater on. Why have you got it on? That's going to, yeah. How long are you ru- yeah. running the bath for? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I absolutely can understand that. And do you think that those early influences about money and the importance of looking after what you've got, do you think that that's gone on to have an impact on your emotional relationship with money as an adult? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a little bit crazy how much it does influence, yeah, further down the line. Um, things that we we didn't have any money, but then I always got anything I wanted for Christmas. And in my head, I think I just thought Santa didn't have a budget. But what, what my mum was actually doing is she was putting the whole of Christmas on a credit card and then paying it off for the next 12 months. And that 
kind of once I realized that I was about 13 when I realized that I was like oh that's how credit cards work so yeah getting out of those habits as you grow up Mm. were a lot a lot harder than you expect them to be. And you are one of the early adopters of of TikTok and I know you've got a passion for helping your followers demystify financial information. Can you just tell us how you got started uh, and why and perhaps what challenges you faced along the way? Um, yeah, so I never really kind of came on TikTok to become a influencer, and not that I can say it very well. <laughs> no, I can't say um, it very well either. <laughs> um, it was more, I found it easier to record TikToks, and I was actually planning on using them um, on Facebook, because that's where most of my clients were at the time. And then people were asking us questions, so I started replying, and then people were saying, oh, well, can we use you as, your, like, as our mortgage advisor? And I was like, wow, I never thought anyone on TikTok would be bothered about financial advice, but they were. So I was like, I just put everything I had kind of into TikTok to build it up and just help as many people as I could really. And you, so you'd already got the business, the mortgage business? Yeah. So I was just setting up my own firm. I'd been in mortgages for years and years and I was kind of finally during the middle of a pandemic setting up my own firm. So it was I had to make it work and I just jumped back on TikTok and was like, right, we will we will make this work and it, it did. So let me just roll this back. So this is somebody who <laughs> has set up their own business during a pandemic and decides to just try out TikTok as a as a possible kind of marketing opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're incredible. Yeah. Do you know that? Um, thanks. On it, sometimes I sit and think, I'm like, how how did that work? Like there was, if you couldn't have made a business plan for it because it should never have worked, but it, it has, and it's it's just insane. We're going to find out more about how incredible you are as we as we go on. Much has been made about the rise of finfluencers. I struggle to say that as well. Finfluencers. We're seeing videos under the hashtag finance tips with like 78 million views. Um, hashtag financial education. 56 million views. Clearly, Finfluencers are making finance more accessible by making it fun, engaging, easier to digest, which is great. But on the other hand, we're also seeing industry organisations like the FCA warning about misinformation and potential pitfalls around accessing financial information on this platform. How do you see your role in this emerging landscape around Finfluencers? It is a funny one. I'm quite, well, I'm very lucky that I'm fully qualified by the FCA. So I already kind of, when you go to send me any messages, you get all of my FCA numbers, how I'm regulated, what I'm qualified to give advice on. So that's already there for people, but it it is a hard one. So I think no matter what rules come in, I'll be okay from a selfish point of view. But as far as wading through the information, it can be very tricky for people. And how do how do you know whether someone is credible to give that information? You mentioned the FCA. You've got your FCA number. I mean, is, how would somebody know whether to take that information seriously? Yeah. So it's more um, if you so say you saw a video talking about mortgages and you could obviously see their name. You can literally pop it into the FCA website and it'll tell you if they're regulated or not. If they're not regulated, then then they shouldn't be given financial advice on the internet so yeah that but it's some videos are very convincing and you think oh well they definitely know what they're talking about and then I'm like oh I don't recognize them where are they from and Mm. they're not actually regulated so it can be hard Mm. and what tips would you suggest for young people looking for credible financial information uh, on online platforms like TikTok (laughs) 
Look, I would just say do your research. If they haven't got a website that you can kind of see all of their information and what they're about, then I probably wouldn't want to work with them personally. Um, even I see a lot of stuff where it gets directed to the Instagram and Instagrammers look very professional. But again, searching them on the FCA website, just doing a little bit of research before you contact them and say, hi, yeah, can you help me with your finance? There's research out there that young women are more likely to have lower financial confidence than men, with some estimates suggesting that a gap in confidence of 10% exists. Recent research indicates that financial capability skills alone are not enough and that we should simultaneously boost young women's confidence if we're ever to address this gap. How does that tally with your experience, Emmy, and that of your followers? Um, yeah, so my follower split is 85% by TikTok's kind of demographics are women and 15% men. And I would say 90% of the clients that help from TikTok are either women or part of their LGBTQ community. I don't just obviously work with women, but a lot of women feel comfortable coming to me and saying, hiya, I need some help. You feel approachable. Can you help me? And I don't think it's, a, um, I don't think women are less capable of um, dealing with finances or anything like that it's just the confidence isn't there so they think oh they go to a man in a gray suit and they they don't want to kind of ask any questions they, they don't know the answers to so it's mainly just building women's confidences to say look you you have got this you you know what you're doing it's okay to ask questions like don't ever think that you're not capable of doing this because you are um and I kind of try my best to help Young and, women do that really, and you being there as a as a role model is is key. What what more do you think we can do to boost financial uh, confidence in young women? I think it's more just changing mindset that it used to, like thirty years ago the the man took care of all the finances and the woman stayed home, and now everything is completely changing. Women just need the confidence to go. Actually, I'm going to go and ask for that, um, or. I want to get into investments or this or that where it's mainly a male-dominated world and I can do that because I've got the confidence to do it. Um, I was very similar about seven years ago. I got into mortgages and it was very, very heavily male-orientated and I had clients that wouldn't deal with me because I was female and I was like, I am not 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 at all ever going to be put down because I'm not because I'm a female so I just kind of fought back and now we're seeing so many female mortgage advisors and it's absolutely amazing and and just out of interest when you're putting your content together how do you get that right balance between accurate content and, and, and entertainment people love to talk people love tiktoks about adverse credit where finding the right balance between making this educational and good for people to understand versus keeping people's interest that can be very hard to mm. try and do how many ta- how many times do you record it before you're happy with letting something go that's out of interest <laughs> um it depends on the video a lot of mine my earlier videos took hours hours and hours and the poor um young girl that has to work with me was like please don't make us do this again please <laughs> um but now I'm a big believer on I can be in the middle of something and I think that TikTok needs to know that and I'll just record one or two takes, make sure I make sense and post it. And are there times where you've decided against sharing information about a certain topic? Yeah, um, mainly adverse credit um, videos because I don't want 
Although there are, it is possible to get mortgages with adverse credit, I don't want to promote that. I don't want to be like, oh, well, it's okay if you only miss this many credit card payments, you will still be fine. I don't want that. Um, so it's those are the ones where, or anything that is a bit of a loophole, I'm like, I don't want to tell everyone about that because I, you don't want to be in that situation where you need it type of thing. So at Young Enterprise, we think that applied learning is really important as a way of bringing money to life in a real way to help young people kind of engage with financial education. Your content uh, also really finds ways to bring financial information to to life in a really compelling way. What more do you think we can do to help uh, make financial education more relevant to the lives of young people? I think personally we need to start younger um so I'm a millennial and the main campaign for me growing up was don't litter never litter and surprisingly you don't see many millennials that litter so I think we need to go back like early early and start campaigns on money then and make it interesting and make it fun but make it relatable and even things like, I'm just thinking of the campaigns where you had like crossing the road safely. I know that song still to this day and I'm 25 years later. We need to be doing the same with money because it's got such a big impact on everyone's lives. We need to make it fun and teach it earlier. And in, in your demographic, what is the age range of your followers? My average age range is about 22 to about 36. That is my average um most of my clients from tiktok are young first-time buyers um so i'm talking 23 24 or first-time buyers that are closer to 30 32 because depending on what part of the country you're in you can either you can either buy young or you can buy what is still young but you've just got to find a hell of a lot more money so you can't do it before you're 30 yeah yeah and it's interesting you kind of mention financial education earlier on i think a key theme that's coming out of these discussions and the podcast is the is the influences that parents and carers have on young people's mindsets to money do you think there's a balance there between financial education in the home uh within schools but also self-led learning mm-hmm. um yeah i do i think i think the parents make up probably the biggest part we need to get the education pinned down and then self-learning is so like when you're sitting on social media, we, I think we almost need to create like what we're doing with airbrushed images where we're like, this isn't real. I think we need to do the same with this influence has got a Range Rover, but they probably pay at least six fifty a month for it. And we need to make the, we need to make the link. And I suppose that is self-education learning through social media, what is real and what isn't. And my son is uh, Gen Z. So he just spends so much time on the likes of TikTok online platform and does learn a lot. I mean, do you think there is there is a, a greater growing role of of online pl- platforms like TikTok in in supporting um, self led learning? Yeah, a thousand percent. I think we would be stupid to think that young people weren't learning through social media. So when we are aware of that, why aren't we doing the best we possibly can to make sure we're learning the correct stuff? Be that with finance, with anything else, we need to. We need to put more time, money and energy into what young people are seeing and to to help build them up to be confident with money and not just kind of see what everyone else has got and need that rather than understanding how people get Chanel bags and Rolexes and things like that. 
And how, how do you think we can do that? How do you think we can begin to break some of that or or actually connect some of the visual images with, well, how do you kind of break down needs and wants? Good, very, very good question. As far as TikTok goes, I would like to see either like a, a blue ticks to people who are qualified to give financial advice or almost like a little warning that they do with them. Um, so when you watch a video that is... Do, depicting something that could be deemed dangerous there's a little warning on the bottom and I'd like that to eventually become when people are talking about finance or how to make money there's a little disclosure to say this hasn't been fact-checked this this may not be correct information that will that help who knows but it just makes people think for that extra three seconds mm, that might not be as good as it sounds so uh, so the blue tick is the, like is like the verified yeah, I think you can just get verified for having a lot of followers. But I was thinking a blue tick if you are verified to give financial advice or even a different colour tick. I'm not sure. Um, but something but just some to way. Say, yeah, they, this is real. Like they are real to give advice. They're not just making a random good video to, to hopefully get people to send them money type of thing. Mm. And I know that uh, TikTok launched fact check your feed with citizens advice didn't they um which is a hashtag fact check your fact check your feed uh which helps people to really understand whether that this uh campaign is making sure that people understand working in partnership with citizens advice uh making sure that they're rolling out informative new videos about financial literacy that are inf- making help people make informed financial decisions yeah, I, th- I thought it was a brilliant campaign. I'm thinking hopefully we see more of them. But yeah, that's definitely the step in the direction that we need to be going just for people to kind of go, oh, all right, every- the social media platforms are helping us. We can learn ourselves and we just know what we're, we're looking for, really. Emmy, there's, there's very little out there, isn't there, in terms of research linking financial capability with social mobility. At Young Enterprise, we believe that there is a link to explore there further. So Using financial education as an enabler, looking at perhaps an aspirations uh, rather than primarily as preventing problem debt or financial exploitation. What, what are your views on the contribution of financial capability to, to social mobility? I agree that they're completely linked. How we would ever prove that is I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I totally, totally agree. Just without kind of giving you 60,000 scenarios of people that I deal with, I can clearly see by people who have who've got great financial capability how many times they move houses, how many times they um, get better jobs and come back to me because they need a review income protection and things like that. So I can see it from it is from me like my point of view, but it is hard to say universally this this these are linked. It's hard, but I completely agree. That they are. So you are you so what you've seen is perhaps some like kind of common themes. You can see from how people have been brought up, how that relates to their current credit file, and then how they have saved their deposit, how that relates to how many times they're gonna move house and um how many times they're gonna get new jobs or go self-employed. You, you we we watch the transactions. On the flip side of that, you've got the the other side where if people have come from very well off families and um, they haven't need to be as switched on, you see that back onto the credit file because they just 
when something is going to be an issue, they're like, oh, well, I'll just pay it. And you're like, that is fine, but that's that's not how it works. We need we need more knowledge. So they, they are completely linked, but it's more just you see it as you kind of learn your customers years, as the years go by. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does that you're actually seeing behaviours that that certain customers who are have developed that financial capability are, are utilising as they kind of progress. Ellie, thank you. It's been a real pleasure um, talking with you today. If someone wants to follow you on TikTok, what do they what do they need to do? Um, yeah, so the mortgage page is at that mortgage advisor, and you will just see some very helpful but slightly amusing videos. <laughs> right. Thank you so much, Emmy, for joining us on Enterprising Mindsets, Minding Your Money. Thank you so much for having me. To hear more interviews like this and access series one and two, please do subscribe to Enterprising Mindsets on your favourite podcast service. We'd love you to leave us a review if possible. Thank you for listening. Listening.